Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Turn to John 13, 2. And I was going to give you homework last week. I forgot. So I'm going to give you homework this week at the end. On top of your Bible reading that you're already doing, but it will bless you. So last week I talked about um, that if we love him, we'll keep his commands. And I gave you several scriptures about that. And we come in and we praise God and we say, I love you, I love you, I love you. No, I'll do everything you say. And then... He gives us a command to walk in love, and we're like, ugh, but that person's so annoying, you know, and we can't do that. So we talked about that. If we love him, we keep his commands. Amen? That was not a very hearty amen. (laughs) Remember, it doesn't matter how you feel. (laughs) Let me try it again. If we love him, we keep his commands. Amen. Amen. It'll keep you out of heaps of trouble. It'll keep your marriage out of trouble. It'll keep your work relationships out of trouble, your mother and father and relationships. I mean, it'll keep you out of trouble. When you keep his commands and his number one command we established, he says love, well, in the Old Testament, he says love God with all your heart. And then he said, but the second thing, in the Old Testament, he said love your neighbor as yourself. And the reason he said that was because Jesus hadn't come yet. The, the person who was going to personify love, the love of the Father, wasn't here. He, he told us, he was saying, do this, do this for now. You know, God knew I have something better. I'm going to send someone because I know this is, I'm going to do you one better. I'm going to send Jesus and he is going to be the example that you follow. I'm not going to just tell you from your word, from my word, what to do. I'm going to send him. And you're going to see how he did it. And it's, it's, it's how we follow. It's what we do. And we have an example. Like I said, it's not just word from God what to do, but we have an epic example. And so then he sent Jesus. And then the new command, Jesus said, a new command I give you is that you love others as I have loved you. He said, the father has loved me. And I love you, and I'm showing you the Father's love, and you show that kind of love to people. Amen? And we can do that. So we talked about how love does not have to do with feelings. This world, feelings and love, I mean, to them it's the same thing. And it's not. We talked about 1 Corinthians 13. And it describes all the ways that, it describes all the things that love does not do and what it does. But it's also, it's a good description of how we're going to feel. But we are not a failure just because we feel these things. It doesn't matter. Um, We might feel like, might, okay, let's just make it real. We We'll get upset with people. We want to behave rudely to someone. We, we get angry. Everybody goes through it, and it's just a feeling. 
but we do not go by our feelings ever. Feelings are so fickle. I mean, they're as fickle as the wind. One day you feel like pizza, the next day you feel like spaghetti. I mean, or something completely opposite. Uh, cravings change, feelings change. You feel like being really sweet to someone one day, and then you next day you woke up on the wrong side of the bed. And if we went with every feeling that we ever had, we'd be in so much trouble. But what First Corinthians 13 shows us, it shows us, okay, you're going to have these feelings. You're not a failure for having these feelings. What you need to do is just do. Love is an action, and you do what love does. It says love suffers long and is kind. You don't feel like being kind, but you do it. When you do this, God has a greater plan, and he's going to step in, and you're allowing his power to move in on you, your emotions. You're allowing God to move in on a situation. You're allowing God to move in on that other person who you're dealing with in this situation. And that's what we want. Otherwise, it's about us. And we're just being selfish because we're just, well, I want to feel this way and I want to act out from it. And we don't want to be that. That's, we don't want to be that guy who says, yeah, I'm a Christian. And then everybody at work is like, man, they're such a jerk. You know, they're going to know us. Sinners know us by our brotherly love. They're going to see, and that it is so easy. I say brotherly love because it's different. It's so easy to be in the grocery store, and somebody's coming down with their cart and bumps into you and says, you know, oh, I'm sorry, you know, or whatever, and you're like, oh, yeah, no big deal. Was, that, was it really hard to walk in love with that person that you didn't know that bumped into you? Or even someone maybe that was rude to you at the store that you just met. Do you really, does, does it really linger with you all day? No, it's the people, the brotherly love, it's the people you deal with every day. It's the people that you live with. It's the people you work with. That's, this is where it hits home. And sinners notice, and the Bible says, God says, they'll know us by our brotherly love. They'll know if we're real Christians. They will know. Amen. God's faithful, though. When you do things his way, it never fails. And I'm getting ahead of myself. (laughs) All right, so we talked about love is not a feeling. And then we said, okay, well, how do we obey this command of love? Well, the first thing that we can do is prefer one another. It's, It's just a simple concept. And in 1 John 4, it says, if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him that he who loves God must love his brother also. So we, every day we have an opportunity to prefer someone, um, to let them have their way in a situation, no matter what it is. It's just getting our flesh used to not always having our way. And that's one really simple way that we can obey the command of love. And, and honestly, it'll stop a lot of bickering if you just you know, do not demand your way on everything. And the reason we can do that is, you know what? Let's make sure that other person gets theirs. They're getting what they want. Let's focus on being that blessing because God's going to make sure we get ours. 
He's not, he's not dangling something in front of us and an empty blessing, and he's not just throwing down commands, well, you just need to do this because he is so epic. He, he wants you to live a life where you're getting all the things that you need and you want, even your emotional needs met. He wants to be that for you. He wants to come in and do that for you. And let's focus on preferring one another and just say, you know what? Instead of saying, oh, I never get that. I never get to have this. I never get to go this place. And, you know, just where do you want to go? Where do you want to go eat tonight? You know, what are you, what are you interested in? You know, what is it you want? What do you want to do for your birthday? What, mov- what movie do you want to see? I mean, it's just simple things. Every day we have these simple opportunities to just prefer one another. And to prefer someone, it's just, it's super simple. If they, whatever they pick, you didn't get picked. Your thing did not get picked. You're helping them get theirs. You're being a blessing. And God will come in and take care of your needs. And sometimes you're going to have to remind yourself of that. Because you may feel like, well, I'm always, you know, I'm always laying down my life for somebody. Remind yourself, no, God's meeting my needs. He's faithful. So you guys are at John 13. So we have an example here that Jesus gave us of preferring someone and putting them above ourselves. And supper being ended, the devil, having already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. And that he, after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a the towel with which he was girded. Then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, now, first of all, this, you know, this happened, what, 2,000 years ago. This is the equivalent of, um, I, I'm not even sure what to equate it to, but Jesus is, is I mean, they've been following him around for the past, what, three years? And he, I mean, he's the master, I mean, he is, you know, their eyes are always glued to him, listening to him, and, and they know he's Lord. And he is, it's like he took off his, you know, his nice clothes and put on like, a, like an apron or, or a servant's outfit. And then he said, sit down, I am going to wash your feet. Well, washing feet back then was, it was, it was, People's feet got really gross. I mean, they wore sandals. They, had, they didn't have cement roads. They had dirt roads. People's feet got disgusting. He was going to get down and wash their dirty feet. And so Peter said, Lord, are you washing my feet? I mean, he was the guy who always spoke up. You know, he, he just let it fly. He's like, you're washing my feet? And then Jesus said, what I'm doing, you don't understand, but you will know after this. And then Peter said, which he doesn't just say, okay, yes, sir. He says, you shall never wash my feet. 
you know, because he's getting, he's like, what the heck's going on? You know, I should be doing this for you. You're not doing this for me. You know, Jesus said, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. And so it must have clicked with Peter because then he said, Lord, not only my feet, but my hands and my head. (laughs) He's like, give me a whole bath. (laughs) He's like, just, I'm taking it all. You know, it must have clicked. So Jesus said to him, he who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who would betray him. So he was talking about that. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments and sat down, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. He is. This, his status didn't change when he did this. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you, ought, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Not if you hear them, but if you do them. And that's an important key. But he said, I'm giving you an example. He said, he's saying, you call me teacher and Lord, and yes, I am. His status didn't change. You know, when you prefer someone else and you bless them and you let them have their way, you're not saying you're better than me and I'm just this lowly, low-life person. That's not what you're doing. That's not what Jesus did. He, what he did, he was a humbling thing. He, he had a servant's attitude, and he wants us to have the same thing. And he said, blessed are we if we do this. If Jesus can prefer someone else, and, and I mean, he's, I mean, I, I, I don't know what I would have done seeing this happen after following him. I mean, it, it would have been mind-blowing. I, I would have thought the same thing, like, no, this can't happen. I wouldn't have understood. And no, like, we should be washing your feet. You know, we should be doing, you know, I mean, you're God. You're God here in the flesh. Uh, I mean, it, it just is mind-blowing. But when you, you know, sinners will see this in you, and it's very convicting I mean, I remember when I wasn't walking with the Lord and someone who was a Christian acted this way. And I was just kind of like, really? You know, I, I, I kind of just, I mean, I noticed. I didn't quite know how to take it. Um, but a very, very, very convicting. And, I, and I, I, I don't remember the exact example. I'm sorry. But I do remember laying my head down on my pillow that night and just tears coming down, you know. And I was so convicted. Just I remember feeling like, so selfish. Like I would never do that. And I realized it and I, and and it it made me realize the love of God and how much I needed God. And, you know, God might ask you to do something. Not, I'm probably not washing people's feet (laughs) that fit that day. (laughs) Let's keep it in context. Um, but he may ask you to do something that, you know, this world would say is beneath you. Well, you know, humble yourself. Be, be open to how God wants to use you and move on you and be a blessing. You know, he's, he's going to meet your need. Amen. So turn to 1 John 2, 5. And remember Jesus' example.
But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. We're supposed, he gave us example and we are to walk as he walked. If anything isn't clear at all about that previous part, 1 John 2, 5 nails it right here. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as Jesus walked. So if you're ever struggling, and like I said, you can do for someone and your feelings may not line up. And that's okay. The more that you do this, and first of all, the easier it gets. The more that you do this, you will begin to see the blessing and the benefit. And there's times you won't, especially if it's someone you don't know or, you know, just someone you ran into at the grocery store that you're just being a blessing to. Um, but the, but that there, I've had so many times where God purposely made sure I found out later whether it was someone I had talked to and it was the weirdest way that I found out later that they got saved. And I'm like, oh, that is awesome, you know. God, he loves to, to let you in on it and see how you're helping with the plan. The more you do this, the more you'll begin to see that. And the easier it'll get. And your feelings will begin to line up. You're not going to always, I promise you, you are not going to always feel like slapping someone and being... And, Walking in love with them, but wanting to, you know, punch them out every time. I promise you, it gets easier and easier and easier. But if you feel that way, it's okay. You have not failed. Amen. I just want to make it so clear because it's something that I know I struggled with. It was so hard on myself. Yeah, but I don't feel like it. So I feel like a hypocrite if I'm being nice and I'm doing for this person, but in my head, I just want to kill them. And... And I got hold of some things and realized and started doing what the word said. And the next time a situation came up where I needed to walk in love, it was so much easier. I wasn't meditating on the annoyance all day long, all week long, all night, couldn't sleep. You know, I mean, how many of us have all had those moments? You're just so angry with a situation or someone, you, you lose sleep over it. I mean, and it can begin to really, really affect you, and it affects how you act. And, you know, God has a better way. His way, his burden is light. And if you take it on yourself, it's not good for you. We're not equipped to handle any of that. He didn't build us that way. So turn to First John 4, 7. So I have another scripture, and then I'm going to move on to... Um, some more of the benefits of walking in love. So 1 John 4, 7, knowing God through love. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And the reason I'm giving you these scriptures, I mean, I hope, I'm hoping you write them down because, um, you know, you're going to have things come up, and these are really good. You can go back to and remind yourself, okay, the Lord's given me a command. I love him. I'm going to keep his commandments. And these are what they are. And these are the benefits. And it's going to help you. It's going to help you get 
your emotions, your feelings, your mind under control. Beloved, let us love one another. Remember, love is an action. For love is of God. I mean, think about it. What if God treated us how we deserved? And think, think of how we acted before we got saved. We were pretty ugly towards God. And probably, you know, I mean, you could have been the nicest person in the world, but you still were an enemy of God. And what if he went by how he felt about us? He didn't. I mean, he's a father. Everybody here, if you're a parent, knows your kids, you know, sometimes they're going to drive you batty. (laughs) You love them and you show them love. And I guarantee he felt some ways about us. I mean, we do have some scriptures in the Old Testament, you know, where God said some crazy stuff about the Israelites. But he continued, he, I mean, he could have just been like, forget it, start over, redo, wipe these people out. We would have never known. He could have done it. And he said, no, I'm going to, I'm going to have a plan. It's going to unfold. We're going to do this. And he kept with us. He kept with us so much that he gave his best for us. How much more can we, we can do that. We can do the simple things, lay aside our emotions, our feelings about someone, and do what we know we should do, do what's in our heart. Amen? He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God sent his only begotten son into the world, that we might live through him. In, in this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, I hope I said that right, for our sins. So he loved us enough, not only to have a plan for us, he loved us enough to send his best. I mean, parents, think about your only, if you only had one child. And you're going to give that child for some people who aren't very nice for you, you know, very nice towards you, people who really don't care. There's a whole lot of people out there that could care less about God or they're anti-God or whatever. And God still said, I'm going to give my best. I'm going to do this. I know there's going to be people who will accept him and will take what I'm giving them. And I'm still... You know, he could have been like, well, the odds are too small. You know, there's going to be too many people who won't, you know, could have thought up all the odds of, well, you know, these people, there's too many that will reject me and there's only a small portion maybe that will. And he did it anyway. And he gave his best. He did not give us junk. Turn to 1 John 4, 12. The more and more I got into this, there was more and more and more scriptures, and I even got some more Sunday night. How many of y'all got blessed Sunday night talking about <laughs> talking about judging? <laughs> okay, so I, I get in the car Monday morning, taking the kids to school, and they were listening. <laughs> it was chaos. So Mia's like, 
Mom, Nate's not using his timer on his iPad. Because we make him use a timer. They're only, they're only allowed an hour a day. And, and, but they sneak and don't turn on the timer. So she's calling him out. and she's like, he, So then Nate's like, Mia, shut up. You're judging me. <laughs> and then I'm yelling in the back seat because we're driving. And I'm like, Nate, you're not turning on your... I bet you didn't turn on that timer, did you? And then, <laughs> and then I hear, oh, Mom's got the gift of suspicion now. <laughs> It was just all of us. And I'm like, I am judging you. I am the judge. I'm the mom. <laughs> oh, I'm like, oh, it's my job. <laughs> oh. So anyway, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Wait till Greg gets home and I tell him what chaos from the service we had with our children. Oh, I had to explain a lot to them. To <laughs> they just go crazy with stuff. So anyway. All right, did I read First John 4.12? Okay. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us his spirit. So we want God's love perfected in us. That's a big deal. His love perfected in us. That's, I mean, he's saying it can. I mean, that's, that's awesome. His love can be perfected in us, how we treat each other, how we walk in love with one another. I mean, that is epic. Imagine if we all were walking in love to our highest potential. You know, his love is perfected in us. Imagine us doing that for each other. You know, how blessed we would be. Um, Some of the benefits of love, walking in love. Well, what are we a part of when we obey this command? In 1 Corinthians 13, 8, very simple. Love never fails. And I mentioned that earlier. We're part of something that never fails. I mean, how many times have you done something your way or didn't walk in love and you realized this is not getting better? You took it into your own hands. How frustrating. Wouldn't you rather be on the side of something that you know isn't going to fail It's not going to fail. God's going to do his part. We're a part of something so big. You know, we we obey his command, and we're involved in something that does not fail, and we're involved in something as big as God himself. I mean, that's huge. That's what I want to be a part of. I don't want to be a part of all the feelings and the emotions and the frustrations and then a situation that fails. I don't want that. I don't want it. None of us want that. We want to be part of God. And when we do this, we are. We're a part of him. Something so, so big. That's what we want. We want him moving in every aspect of our lives. So when we do this, we're part of victory. We're part of God's victory in our lives. Amen? You know, nobody wants to put forth effort for something small um, and something that fails. We don't want to do that. We we want, you're going to have to put forth effort. You can either put forth effort and meditate and think about a bad situation and get more and more upset, or you can put forth that same effort towards walking in love and be a part of the side that doesn't fail. It's just a choice. It's really, really just a choice. And we can do it. We have Jesus as an example. And Jesus gave us it as a command. He didn't say try it. 
Nowhere do you find it as a suggestion. He doesn't say, well, try walking in love with them. You know, I literally know I've said that. (laughs) I know those words have come out of my mouth. And that is not Bible. It is not a suggestion. It is a command. And God's not going to ask us to do something that we can't do. He absolutely is faithful and just. He does not do that. So another benefit of walking in love is we're at peace. We're not heavy laden. We're not burdened down. Turn to 1 John 5, 1. I'm definitely going to finish this tonight. I wasn't sure, but I definitely am. So 1 John 5, 1. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves him, who begot, also loves him, who is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God. Yeah, you notice that it says we love the children of God. You know, we're talking about that brotherly love. We're not talking about the stranger you met two seconds on the street that it's easy to get over that you don't really know, they don't really rub you the wrong way, it's not that big a deal. (laughs) We're talking about the ones you're going to see every day. We know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. So write this one down, If this scripture. You can remind yourself, his way is not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. This is the part of that victory we're talking about. This is the victory that has overcome the world. That's what we're a part of. Our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? If you believe Jesus is the Son of God, you'll do his commands. And like I said, it's not a suggestion. It's a command. We will do it because we show, we want God to know, hey, I do love you. I do believe what you say. And there's so many blessings that come with it. You know, I said earlier, I said, you know, we're not designed to be not at peace. Our bodies can't even handle too much stress. I mean, you hear in the news about people can have heart attacks from having too much stress, and it can really affect your body. We are not designed for that. And God has a better way. We can be so... um, distracted and so much, um, so busy being in other people's business or worrying about other people. Oh, are they going to be offended by this? And, you know, we're, we're, when we're doing that, we're not focusing on what we're supposed to be doing. You know, sometimes we get into that realm. Well, I walk in love, but I'm, I'm afraid if they hear such and such, they're going to be offended. Some people get, some people just, have a PhD in it. They're so concerned with how everyone else is going to see something. And I've had that situation where I thought, oh, they're going to be like, ooh, about the situation. And God showed me really quick in a, in a specific, I don't remember exact specific situation, but God showed me, I found out how that person really felt and they weren't thinking at all what I was thinking. It was just a distraction by the enemy And I was totally like judging where that thing was coming from and judging how they were going to receive it. And I was like, that is not my business. (laughs) I've got things I need to be focusing on 
and that is my love walk, and not be all up in other people's business. When you're doing that, and I tell this to my kids, I said, when you're so involved in it, because they're, they're always pointing out what each other's not doing <laughs> or what they're doing, like, I said, nine times out of ten, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. You're so focused on them, you know. And it's, it's not always true. Sometimes they alert me to <laughs> one of the kids is about to hurt themselves. Yes, that's good. But nine times out of ten, they're just meddling, and they need to be off doing. I, I usually am like, what are you supposed to be doing right now? Uh, this, this, and this. Are you doing it? No. <laughs> Get back to doing what you're supposed to be doing, not worrying about everyone else. It's, it's, we're not designed to do that. When we walk in love, it's not burdensome. And learning to love like he does, um, it's actually going to be easier. It's easier on us. It's easier on our flesh. It, it's going to be hard on our flesh at first, but like I said, I promise you, it gets easier. Plus, there's, there's a joy in knowing what is coming when you're doing it. You're a part of victory. You're a part of God, something so big. God's good. He's faithful. So another benefit to walking in love is he'll manifest himself to you. John 14, 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them. Now, all of this has to do with doing the word. You know, we can hear it and hear it and hear it and it not do us any good if we don't do it. You know, I can go to the gym and hear all about how to work out, watch people work out all day long. And I'm not going to walk out any fitter if I don't get up and do it. I mean, it's the same concept. It's no different. We have to do, we have to do what the word says. And when we don't, we make things more complicated than they are. It's not complicated. Then we start thinking of all these different, well, what if I should have done this or I should have done that? No, let's just go back to the basics. God's made it really clear. Go back to the basics. Just do what the word says and things will turn out for you. So this is walk in love and he'll manifest himself to you. He said, and he who loves me will be loved by my father. I will love him and manifest myself to him. I don't know about you, but I want his manifest presence every day. I want to get up and raise my hands and just say, thank you, Jesus, for this day and just experience him. And I want to hear from him every day. I want to walk with him every day. I, I don't want something petty to stop that. I, I don't want a fight or something to get in the way of that. It's not worth it. It's never, never, never worth it. We want him, and he's promising to show himself to you. You shouldn't be hearing crickets every day when you talk to him. If you are, go back to the basics. Say, Lord, you know, what do I need to do? What do I need to correct first? And go from there. He wants to show himself to you. And maybe it's just a matter you know, we've been talking about this on Sunday nights, of just being aware of his presence. You know, um, I work at the school, and one for a half hour during the day, I walk around and um, during the lunchtime, and, like, if the kids need to catch up, I have a little basket, and I give them ketchup and stuff, and they raise their hand, and I help them open stuff. And, um, and one day I was just walking around, just kind of 
just kind of lightly praying, you know, for the kids. And, and I just, I just said, you know, the kid, nobody need anything at the moment. And so I just stood there and I was just thinking, man, you know, you love these kids. And I was just start confessing, you know, you are Lord of these kids. And I just, it was like, you, you know, you're here for these kids. And I just started meditating on his presence and how much God loves these kids. And his presence was just, I mean, it was just there. It was just all over. And it, it's whenever you're, you make that effort, you, that conscious effort to be aware of him, he's, you will recognize, you'll feel that manifest presence. It's not that he's not there. It's not that he's not with you every day, walking with you, but we just so many times go through the motions of our day and we don't stop and just say, Lord, you're so awesome, you know, and say from your heart, you know, don't, don't, you know, make sure it's something that you mean, it's something that makes sense to you, and just tell God, hey, I love you, I'm so glad you're my Lord, I'm so glad you're with me every day, keep it simple, and you'll really begin to be so much more aware of his presence with you every day, you'll be surprised at how much more you hear him, when he asks you to do things, he's so faithful. So, you know, God's just waiting on us. He really is. So another benefit to walking in love, and this, this is important to everyone, is our joy will be complete. Turn to John fifteen nine. How many of you like to be sad? No. <laughs> I should not see any hands for that one. We want our joy to be complete. But there's something even greater in the Bible than just our joy. So John 15, 9. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So Jesus has done this. He kept his Father's commandments. I mean, he, I guarantee there's times he wanted to slap some of those disciples. <laughs> he abided in his father's commandments. He did. And because he did it, we can do it. He said, just as I have kept my father's commandments, abide in his, and, and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you. That's actually different. It's not just somebody told you a joke and you laughed and you had a little bit of joy. There's something far greater, far more peaceful. This is his joy. I want his joy. Remind yourself of this. The next time you don't want to walk in love and you do it, say, I'm going to have his joy. He's going to manifest himself to me. I'm going to have his joy. And I'm going to see this turnaround because I'm a part of something that never fails. Amen? He said that my joy may remain in you, that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Now, don't freak out on that one. (laughs) I'm not up here saying you need to lay down your life for, you know, you don't have to do exactly what Jesus did. Jesus did that. I mean, he literally did that. We're not talking give, give everything away. You know, give up your house, give someone all your money. And this is not, you know, I hope there's no confusion that that's what I'm saying. It says, you are my friends, and if you do whatever I command you, I mean, you know in your heart 
You know in your heart if you've, you walk away from a situation whether you walked in love or not. You know. You have the Holy Spirit in you. You know if you did. And you know if there's something you could have done better that you didn't. I mean, it, you, you really do know. And you can ask God if you're not sure. Say, God, show me. You know, maybe I've gotten so used to reacting a certain way, I don't even realize it anymore. Ask him. Say, stop me in my tracks. Show me how I could be a better blessing to someone, how I could not be selfish. I mean, just lay it out there. Ask him to help you if you become aware of something. And he will. I mean, be ready. He will. You know, he loves you. He wants you to be a part of all these good things. No longer... Do I call you servants? For a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, that your fruit should remain, and that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you that you love one another. So he wants us to have his joy. You know, Jesus had joy. He knew you know, that's what kept him focused. That's what kept him, his thought of us and the joy of us and what he was going to gain helped him get through what he went through on the cross. So Jesus, you know, he has joy in knowing that we get to experience the Father's love. And he wants us to be full of that joy. And in just a more basic sense, more simplistic sense, there's joy you know, our joy is connected to when our prayers work and when our faith works. I mean, how many want to believe God for something and have it happen? You know, when we obey his commands and we do what God says, our prayers are going to work. Our faith is going to work. And you know, when I first started this message, you know, it would be easy for someone to say, well, I'm, you know, I want to hear about faith or I want to hear about prosperity. Well, these, this is connected to all of it. This is like the foundation concrete for all of it. I mean, this might be an area where something just isn't clicking for you. And this is an area where you can make that change. You know, it's all connected you know, God said he wants our fruit to remain. And the things that we've asked, he said, whatever you ask in my name that he may give you. He wants us to have these things. There's, there's, it's not an accident that this 9 through 17, John 15, that that sentence is right underneath him talking about the father loving him, him loving us, keeping the commandments of love. Because it is all connected. We're believing God for such and such amount of money to pay off something. We're believing God for money to help pay off someone else's something. Whatever it is. He, there's a joy connected to it. And, I mean, that's fun. Isn't it fun when you, you're believing God for something and you see God supernaturally do that for you? I mean, that is so much more of a fun way to live. It's, it's just fun to see how God moves in situations. And that is not a burdensome way to live. You know, you might want to think, well, you know, I, I'm, how am I supposed to have joy because I'm going to give up everything 
and I'm always going to put someone else first. And that is a lie of the devil. It's a lie. God's saying these things are connected to faith. These things are connected to you getting your needs met. And besides that, you know, people, the more they see you living that kind of a lifestyle, they're going to want to be like you. They don't want to toil and scrape to have stuff their whole lives or live paycheck to paycheck. They're going to notice your love and how blessed you are, and they're going to be like, man, I want some of that. And the devil doesn't want, he wants to distract you with petty strife and petty arguments and stupid stuff and being selfish. He doesn't want you to live this kind of a lifestyle because everybody will want it. They'll want to know what you've got. They'll notice it, and, and more people will get saved. So it's just a trap that we can fall into. So don't fall into that trap. It's not worth it. God has, he has such an epic way for you. <clears throat> he wants our joy to be full. He wants us to have all our needs met. Amen? So a couple of things that love doesn't do, and then I don't, I got to go quick. And, Pastor Rick talked about this Sunday night, love doesn't judge. And um, turn, no, actually, skip that part. I wonder why I didn't. Okay, yeah, here it is. I think this is First John 4.12, but I'm not sure. So, I think this is probably like 15 or 16. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. You know, when we're one day, we are all going to stand before God at the judgment seat. And there's, I think a lot of people think you know, that their sins are going to be brought up to them at this, at this judgment seat. And it's not. That is a time when God's going to talk to us about what we did in the body with what he gave us, what he anointed us with, what he asked us to do while we were here. It's a different thing. He's not going to be like, well, you did this sin, and then you've repented, and then you did this sin. None of that. He's not going to remember any of that. So one of the things we need to show to other people that love does not do is we don't bring up people's past. It's not a godly attribute. It's just not. God doesn't do it. If, if you're constantly remembering something, it's either the devil just trying to pound your head in over something, a mistake you made, and sometimes you just need to take authority over that. Say, uh-uh. You know, I got the blood. You know, no. You know, put your foot down. In Jesus' name, I repented, and that's in my past. And God doesn't remember, you know. Sometimes you just got to get really firm about it. God doesn't do that to us. We shouldn't be doing that to other people. So that's one thing, you know, that love does not do. And, you know, I'm not going to go into judging people because Pastor Greg really covered it well um, Sunday night, and I talked about it a little bit earlier, you know, staying out of people's business, you know, 
just real quick, I mean, I, I know for myself, you know, sometimes you just don't know where someone came from. And God is so, he is just so awesome. He takes people from where they're at and brings them up. He's not like, okay, this guy and this guy, putting them next to each other <laughs> and saying, well, they're not even close to this one. He's not doing that. He's taking people from where they're at, and you don't know where they've come from. I mean, some people in this room have, you know, come from so much. I mean, the growth is tremendous. And just because you walk in and see them where they're at now, you know, and, and, and you want to think, well, they're not being very nice or something, you know, you don't know where they came from. I mean, they, they could still be showing growth right now in where they're at. You don't know. You know, so don't, don't fall into that trap of, you know, of judging people and where they've come from. It's not our business. And we're not, you know, don't tell my kids this, but we're not the judge. Because <laughs> I already told them I was their judge. <laughs> anyway, more like the executioner. No. Um, you know, we're... God, that is a position that he holds. He, that, is, that is his place to deal with people about stuff. And we have a job to walk in love with them and pray for them. And that should take enough time in and of itself <laughs> than worrying about, you know, being angry with why they acted the way they acted. Amen? So... Um, you know, so mercy to people and think you could even do this in a selfish way. Here's, here's an opportunity to be selfish and it's okay. So mercy. Cause you know, you're going to reap, <laughs> you want to reap this. You want to reap mercy. How many has ever done something to someone and you didn't, I mean, it wasn't great. It wasn't nice, but you had no idea you did it. No idea. And then you found out later and you're like, Oh my gosh, that was, look, that looks so horrible. I mean, that just must have come off as just, you know, terrible. Well, people make mistakes, you know. We've all got a lot going on. You know, sow mercy into people, and, and you reap. You know, one of the things love does also is it doesn't decide who's worth, who's worth it or who's deserving of our action of love. You know, we don't decide that. You know, that, like I said, God is the judge. We just keep the command. We might think, well, they're a horrible person, and they aren't godly anyway. You know, there's just all kinds of things you can think, and that is not our job. That is, you know, God's dealing with that person. And he can deal with them even better when we do his commands. Then we're, when we're keeping his command and we're walking in love, then all the puzzle pieces are going in. And you, if you really do pray for that person, then it's really going to work. Amen? Um, some things that love does do is it forgives. And I already said this part. It doesn't bring up people's pasts. And it edif well, my autocorrect says edifices, which I don't even think is a word. <laughs> I've got to love autocorrect. It edifies, and it's excited when somebody gets theirs. We talked about that last week. Be excited when someone gets blessed. Even, even if it wasn't a faith project and they got it from God, have a good attitude. Be happy they're blessed. Amen? Um, 
We prefer one another. That's what love does. Um, love doesn't hurt one's own family. And by that, I mean, you know, you might want to bless someone. But if it's a situation where this person's going to come in and hurt your family, then you don't do it. You know, that wouldn't be love to your family. If you have a witness not to say open your home for someone or give them something maybe that would hurt your family, you know, love doesn't do that. That's not what we're talking about. So don't feel guilty and think, oh, you know, so-and-so was, you know, in a really, really, really big mess and, you know, I should have let them, you know, I don't know whatever, open my home and let them live there. And if you have a witness that this is not good for your family or safe for your family, then you don't do it. You know, God, you obey. Obey the Holy Spirit when he speaks to you about that kind of thing. And don't feel guilty about it. God's not, he's not wanting you to walk in love and ruin your family or give everything away. You know, these are, this is not what I'm talking about. Amen? So some things that we can confess, really good to keep thinking of, is I love him, so I keep his commands. I'm born of God, so I overcome this world. I look forward, think, you know, whenever you're struggling, think, I look forward to all my needs being met because I obey and one of the things I also say is, I can love as he has loved me. If you stir yourself up, up in these things, you, you will keep yourself out of a mess of trouble. And I have a, two last scriptures, and then I'm done. Philippians 2, 3, and 4. <clears throat> Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Ephesians 5.1 Therefore, be imitators of God, dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. That's what we want. We want to be the sweet-smelling aroma. Amen? We can do this. God's not asking us to do something we can't do. Amen? We can do this. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.